Hi, this is Jimmy and Karen Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Today, we're talking about how to make marriage fun. Karen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, this is a huge issue because you fall in love having fun. Mm -hmm. And when marriage is no longer fun, it changes. Mm -hmm. It changes. It becomes kind of a business relationship. And so we want to talk about how to make marriage fun. You're going to hear a statistic about baseball in this uh, teaching that's going to freak you out Mm -hmm. related to marriage. It's it's really it's really an interesting statistic. But we need to have fun. But we have we have some questions questions before the teaching comes in just a few minutes. Uh, we have a couple of questions from our listeners. I'm going to begin by asking you a question, Karen. My husband regularly goes out with his friends, and I feel neglected. He says he'll make time for me, but he rarely does. How should I respond? Well, it's a great question, and I can understand that it would bother her a lot. Sure. You know, you and I went through this before we got married. Yeah. You had friends, and you insisted on seeing them, and I wasn't able to tell you, you know. And no. so I think it starts with just good communication and you know, maybe they need to get some counseling. Maybe that, um, you know, they need to get an outside voice into the situation that it brings reasoning to the husband that you can't keep neglecting time with your wife. Yeah. You know, and um, he obviously is not hearing her because he's not responding the way she wants him to. And so they, they just may be that they need to get some outside counseling and just, or just have a date night and to just have a time of just getting together and just talking about things like this that are important to each other. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There, there obviously are issues there. Um, I, I would say a little different uh, suggestion because everything you said is exactly right. Um, if she will meet his needs energetically uh, in spite of the fact that he is ignoring her, uh, it will make it harder for him to ignore her. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, if he says, hey, yeah, buddies, let's go out to the ball game, uh, and uh, honey, I'm going to the ball game tonight. Well, what if he knows that he's going to miss a great night of sex? What if he knows that he's going to miss uh, time with his best friend? In other words, she's honoring him. She's she's fun. She's sexy. She's she. In other words, she comes into his world, and rather than trying to put a rope around him and drag him back, she's inducing him back. He, he wants to come back. And so uh, they need counseling, obviously. Mm-hmm. But she can do a lot if she'll just don't get hurt and don't get on the defensive and don't get angry because mm-hmm. that's just going to drive him farther away. Yeah. But, but try to love him back by going into his world and meeting his needs. But he's wrong. I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm saying he's wrong. Yeah. Okay, this is your question. With two full-time jobs, raising a family, and limited income, it's hard to make time for our marriage. Do you have any advice so we can have more fun together? Well, the the income issue is not the issue. Yeah. Uh, because you can have a lot of fun without spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you have full two, two full-time jobs, raising a family. Um, you have to protect time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that is training your children to respect your marriage. Now, and we talk a lot about this, Karen, because, you know, children will ruin your marriage. Children are a blessing. God comes first. Our marriage comes second. Our children come third. Mm -hmm. And children are a temporary assignment. They're they're only here for 18 or 19 years, and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. And so when you give up your marriage for your children, it's Mm short-sighted. And the other thing is this. If you don't have a good marriage, how are your children going to have a good marriage? If you sacrifice your marriage for your children, Mm -hmm. you're setting your children up for failure. And so what you want to do is love your kids, give them the time and attention they need, but then let them know, 
mom and dad are going to spend time alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, get a babysitter, put them with your parents or something, and go to the movies. Go do, go have fun. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you can go to McDonald's and have a little date night. But it doesn't have to be expensive. But you do have to have time alone together. Mm-hmm. And children are—they're the greatest threat to that because children—they—they they don't recognize boundaries, and the, and they don't care if you're exhausted. They don't care if you don't have any time with your spouse. So you have to be the parent, and you have to train them rather than letting them train you, mm-hmm. and just say Thursday night, Saturday night, those are our nights together. And on Sundays, we're going to spend the day, you know, as a family or whatever. And let that become a tradition that you live true to mm-hmm. so that you have disciplines and traditions keep the right thing happening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not it's not what I can make happen. It's what I can keep happening. Mm-hmm. And disciplines and traditions make sure that we're going to keep doing the right thing over and over. Well, and look at it as a, a, as a season of your life. It's not like permanent. Right. Right. And this time will pass, and it's more important to be communicating well with each other and right. and staying in tune to what the other person's feeling and doing uh, because you're right your kids are going to grow up and then you're going to have an empty nest like we do now and it's really wonderful it is so. wonderful. <laughs> it's hard when they come back okay we hope that you enjoyed this today uh, please remember to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and leave a review we love hearing how this helps your marriage now let's listen to the teaching now on how to make marriage fun. Marriage gets better every year when you do it right. When you do it wrong, it gets worse every year. And so, again, you may have been married for a year or two or or 18, and maybe the the sizzle has gone out of your marriage. You can get it back. You can get it back in a very short period of time. We went from out smack out of love to in love in a few weeks when we began to to change the way that we were married. But listen listen to this other thing. I want to talk to you about how to have a win-win relationship. In a, in a biblical marriage, there is no loser. The marriage only works when you share it as a partnership. Now, I was dominant in our relationship. I dominated Karen. And so I was a very dominant husband. We had a horrible marriage as long as I was dominant. And, and the issue is there's, there's three kinds of differences in marriage. There are celebrated differences, tolerated differences, or rejected differences. And when your spouse, you're different. You're two halves of a whole. When you get married, you need your spouse's input to make a good decision. But when Karen and I married, I just thought she was weird. When she would say something, I'd roll my eyes, I'd call her stupid, and I'd try to dominate the areas of our family. But my wife, men have half the brain, women have half the brain, together we have the whole brain. And in order to have a good marriage, it means we celebrate our differences. Do you know that you naturally celebrate your differences when you marry each other? When you meet and fall in love, you celebrate, you celebrate your differences. You, you look at each other and you, know, you say something different, you do what you do and you celebrate it. You don't roll your eyes and say you're stupid. You never have gone out on a second date with someone who called you stupid on the first date. You're crazy, you're weird. You, get, you, got your, you need some hormone adjustment big time. Now we celebrate each other. Well, you're smart. Well, you're, well, you're interesting. Wow, you're deep. If your spouse has to pay a price for sharing their opinion in your marriage, you're dominating the relationship. If your spouse doesn't feel freedom to share how they feel about any area of the marriage without paying a price, you're dominating the relationship. 
A good marriage just simply means we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about the kids. We're going to talk about how and where we worship. We're going to talk about, you know, our relationship and all those things until we agree. Great marriages, we agree. And so the core of marriage is we're financial partners and we're going to agree on this. We're going to have a plan and we're going to sit down and talk and pray and we're going to agree. We're going to meet each other's needs and our needs are very different from one another. In my Marriage on the Rock seminar, I talk about that a lot, but we're very different from each other. And so the needs that your spouse has are not your needs. And so, but when I married you, I took responsibility to meet your needs and sex is an important part of our marriage. And so I'm reserving my sexuality for you alone and I'm committed to meeting your sexual needs. And if I'm not you have an open door to tell me and I will not make you pay a price. I'm not going to punish you. I'm not going to withhold from you. And I'm saying to you, keep the core going. And when the devil attacks our marriages, typically what he'll do is he'll attack one of those areas. If what I'm doing violates you, I won't do it. And I'm going to listen to what you're saying. Because our marriage isn't good until we're both saying it's good. It doesn't matter if the woman says it's a good marriage. It doesn't matter if a man says it's a good marriage. Do both of you say that? It's a win-win situation. You fall in love because you do fun things together. I mean, that's how we fall in love. And Karen and I remember when we started dating, we were not sexual. And so, in fact, we didn't date. I I, I say, Karen and I didn't kiss until the 11th date. Karen says it's the 7th because she was a lot more aggressive than me. But... (laughs) It it was the 11th date before we kissed for the first time. But what I remember about dating Karen is how much fun it was. we, We fell in love finding fun stuff to do and going to do it. And that's how you, you, you stay in love. You stay in love by having fun. You, if you're not having fun in your marriage, you're in danger. If you're not laughing together, and let me tell you what I believe. People are at their best when they're having fun. Every, every person is at their very, very best when they're having fun. And so you want to have fun together. Now this is USA Today, July 16, 2008. And this is research from uh, Howard Markman, who is with the, uh, he's a psychologist and co-directs the University of Denver Center for Marital and Family Studies. Here's what he says. The more you invest in fun and friendship and being there for your partner, the happier the relationship will get over time. The correlation between fun and marital happiness is significant. So what they're saying is they've done a lot of studying on marriages and you cannot separate fun from a good marriage. It's, it's, it's part and parcel. This is Thomas Bradbury from the University of California. He said, people in happy relationships generate fun activities and as they keep generating these activities, it keeps their relationship strong and healthy and fresh. People in happy relationships generate fun activities. It's one of the most important things you do is to work at having fun. Okay, so they used in their article, they used as an example, a couple from San Diego. And this is a woman uh, from San Diego. And here's what she's saying about their marriage. Sometimes when things are getting a little tense, because they can, we say, how about them Padres? And they they go to baseball games together. That's and, And we say, how about them Rangers? Not them Padres. We don't care about the Padres. And I'm, if you're from California, I'm sorry, but we don't. We, we're this ranger country here. How about them Padres? Listen, she says, sometimes when things are getting a little tense, because they can, we say things like, how about them Padres? And we go back into a very comfortable world of conversation, and it opens up the door to a lot of other conversations. 
When things are getting tense, because they can, we talk about baseball. Okay. And, and we go back then into a little bit more comfortable world, and it helps us to open up and talk. Now listen to this amazing statistic that they give in this research. This, is, this blows my mind. Cities with a major league baseball team have a 28% lower rate of divorce than cities that don't have one but expressed interest. In other words, the more fun your city is, the better it is for your marriage. And if you say, I don't live in a fun city, you're, you become the fun in your city. That just means you have to work a little bit harder at having fun. But fun is important, and stress today is ruining marriages. Now listen to this research. This is Alone Together, How Marriage in America is Changing by Paul Amato. Now listen to this research. It's, it's amazing, and it just shows you how, why marriage is failing in America. In 1980, 53% of couples said they regularly visited friends. But in the year 2000, that had dropped to 34%. In 1980, 62% of couples said they went out for leisure activities. But by the year 2000, that had dropped to 44%. Couples in 1980 who said that they eat their main meal together was 78%. But in the year 2000, that had dropped to 66%. And so what we're seeing is we're not using the conveniences of life to create spare time to relate. We're using the conveniences of life to do more. I watched a special years ago and it was on pioneer women and the lifestyle of people before conveniences. The average woman woke up in the morning and it took her all day long to cook and wash clothes and take care of her house. And when washing machines and microwave ovens and all the conveniences came along, we did not use them to create time to relate and do for others or serve, serve the Lord. We actually used them to create more time when we go out and do things. How much, how much time do you spend having fun with each other? Here's another thing that's very important about understanding about fun. Television and the internet and technology do not build relationships. It is proven that relationships built through technology, do not have a high value. They're not real relationships. I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't get on Facebook and you know have, have a, some type of an interaction there or Twitter or something, but what it means is the most important thing is the person with you. Have you, ever, have you ever gone into a store and you get frustrated because they keep you waiting while they're talking to a customer on the phone? And right in the middle of doing business with them, the phone rings and they keep answering the phone. And here's my theory. The person with you is more important, more important than the person without you. And I don't want you to scream when I say this now because Jesus changed the world, but he didn't have a cell phone. Don't scream. Because can you imagine that somebody changed the world without a smartphone? When you're with a person who values technology more than you, it hurts and the phone rings and they answer it, rather than keeping a conversation going with you, it hurts. And technology can destroy a relationship. When Karen and I met, there were no cell phones. When you were alone with a person, you were alone with a person. And you could not be reached everywhere at all times. And somehow, right now, we feel like if we turn our phone off, somehow something bad's gonna happen. Let me say, if it's that important, they will find you. <laughs> they will find you. Turn the stinking thing off. 
Create a technology-free zone in your family every day where you relate without TV, without computers, with all that. Sit down, play games, sit down face-to-face and talk, sit down at the dinner table because technology can destroy your family. And I'm saying, technology's fine. It's a great servant. It's It's a horrible master. And you've got to regulate that in order to have fun and to keep the relationships alive in your marriage. And one, we had a, a, a special message from the, uh, from the pulpit here a couple of months ago, and we were talking about parenting. And the question is, why don't you give children cell phones? And that is, the minute you give them a cell phone, you lost the relationship with that child. They'll talk on their phone, they'll be on their computer, and one of the things that you have to do as parents is to regulate the technology of your children so that they remain your child and connected to you and don't all of a sudden, they're off in you know, a universe of their own. Men are more likely to say that their wife is their best friend than women are because we want our wives to be our best friends. That's a big need that we have. Men want to share an activity that they like with their wives. Men want their wives to come in to their world. And there's a story about a, a marriage that was healed because a woman went hunting with her husband and she didn't hunt, but just to be with him and it was important to him. And with men, we consider anything to be a date and to be fun. Jump in the truck, let's go to the store. That's a blast to us. And we're just so glad that you're with us. We don't want to be mothered. Uh, We want you to be our our buddy. Women want conversation and meaningful interaction. If they're going to have fun and do something with you, they want it to be meaningful and for there to be conversation. They don't consider it a date, by the way, unless there's significant planning and effort. They want you to go to trouble if you're going to have fun and take them on a date. And and they're going to change most of the details and plans. Okay. So you're going to go to a lot of trouble and she's going to change it, but that doesn't matter. She just appreciates the fact that you want so much trouble so she can change it. And so now listen to what I'm about to say. What women need to understand is men open up to friends and he will never open up to you more than when you're having fun with him. The woman from San Diego said, when things are getting tense because they can We say, how about them Padres? And we go back into a comfortable world which opens up more conversation. Here's what's gonna happen to ladies and you're you're saying, I'm gonna go into my husband's world. This is what it means. Men go into their wives' world. Women come into their husband's world to have fun. And you're gonna find this out about your husband. You say, well, my husband doesn't talk, my husband's shut off, or whatever. Men are emotionally modest. We're not wired like you. But when you're having fun with your husband, you will be sitting at a ball game or you'll be doing something or having fun or just uh, whatever. And all of a sudden you'll notice he'll begin to open up with you. Because we will open up to a friend, but we won't open up to anybody else. We're just wired differently. We're very, very choosy about who we open up to. And if you're against me, if you're a critic, if you're not fun, I'm not gonna open up to you. But if you're my friend, I'm gonna open up to you. So it's important. Here's what men need to understand. Your wife needs you to plan things in advance and consider her needs. The Bible says, love her like you would your own body. And that means sensitively that you, you plan things, that you initiate things. In fact, that's what romance means. It means a self-initiated pursuit and doing something that you're not told to do. If she tells you to bring home flowers and you bring them home, that's just called obedience. That's not romance. If you only do things when you're in trouble, that's just called crisis management. That's not romance. And so romance is, baby, when I'm not with you, I'm thinking about you. That's what romance means. When I'm not with you, I'm thinking about you. And it also means I'm studying you. 
and I'm going to do things preemptively to meet your needs. When you're with an unromantic person, it just means they don't think about you. <laughs> your well-being is just not one of their top agenda items. And again, it's, it's hurtful. What couples need to understand, fun is an essential element in marriage. And, and here's what you can do to have fun. First of all, schedule it. And just say, Tuesday nights is our fun night. You can plan fun and just say, we're gonna have, we're gonna, and Sunday nights is our family night. We're, we're gonna have fun together. That means we're turning off technology. We're gonna go and do something, whatever we do. Budget and prioritize it. And fun fits any budget. Fun doesn't cost any money. And so if you have some money, fine. If you don't, you can have a lot of fun. Share ideas and go into each other's world. And you can alternate his nights and her nights. So you say, well, that might not be fun for me. Going to girl movies, it's not fun for me, but it's fun for Karen, and so I want her to have fun. So every now and then I go to a girl movie, which is absolute torture, but I do it. Um, search the newspaper for free things to do. Just open up the newspaper. Another thing you can do is walk through a sporting goods store until you find something that interests you. Just walk through a sporting goods store. If you're having trouble, you might not want to go in the gun section. And uh, do things that make you laugh and talk. But I'm saying, if you're, listen to me, if you're not having fun together, your marriage is in trouble. You're in trouble. This is not an optional thing. And what they were saying in this research is people with good marriages generate fun activities. You're generating them. You're working at them. You're keeping these things happening, which is so critical. And the last is this. The most important thing in our marriage is God. And what that means is our marriage is not a piece of paper. It is a sacred covenant between us and God. There is not a piece of paper from the state of Texas keeping us together. There is the spirit of God between us and our faith in God is the most important things. And we're submitted to God. And what that means is, there's, there's, there, Karen and I don't have a battle of wills in our marriage because neither one of us are the boss. Jesus Christ is the Lord of our marriage. We are not only submitted to Jesus, but his word. When we're trying to solve a problem, we seek God for him to speak to us and the word of God is the supreme authority above our marriage. And so that just means we don't have headbutting sessions. No, we used to before I was submitted to the Lord, but Jesus Christ is at the core of our marriage. Remember in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Eve and God. God never intended for marriage to be between a man and a woman. It's between a man and a woman and him. But when they rejected God, their marriage failed. And so the most important thing is to keep God in our marriage. And it also means we trust in God's power. And that means I don't have to change you. Once I've spoken the truth to you, I'm going to pray and God's going to change you or God's going to change me or God is going to solve our financial problems. Karen and I, if you don't pray, you're going to worry and that worry is going to cause stress and you're going to fight. So Karen and I prayed on the way here tonight. We regularly pray and what we, we've prayed thousands of prayers over 40 years of marriage and here's what we find. God is a faithful God and he's more powerful than any problem we have. And when we join hands, well, the Bible says if two on earth would agree together as touching anything we ask, that's a married couple. A promise to every married couple that says if two on earth would agree as touching anything they would ask, I would do it. When you pray together, you become unified. When you pray together, you become God-focused. And when you pray together, you get peace and you're not stressed out. You don't fight, you get closer. The Spirit of God literally is the bond between us. And when we forget that bond, when we don't nurture that bond, it is so important that we pray together regularly. 
that you have a regular time. Again, if you don't pray, you're going to worry. Spiritual intimacy is the greatest intimacy on earth. And spiritual intimacy always precedes sexual, emotional, every other form of intimacy. It's also important that you worship. And, I, and I'll close with this. We, we live in an evil day. There's never been a day like we live in today. And Hebrews 10 says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as is the manner of some. But be with each other, exhorting each other, encouraging each other, especially as you see that day approaching. It's talking about the coming of the Lord, which I believe could happen any moment. Okay, but listen to what I'm saying. I, do, I have known Jesus for 40 years. I got saved a week before we got married. I've known, I've known the Lord for over 40 years. If I was not in fellowship with other Christians in church, I believe I would fall. Because this is the most evil world there has ever been. Nothing is gonna keep us out of church. That we're going to have Christian friends. Your friends are your future. You're gonna be like your friends. And so choose godly friends. They're not perfect, but they're committed to the same values. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.